Hi, Justin. Hello, Audrey. Today, let's talk a little bit about Obamacare and some of the trouble that everyone has been complaining about with its rollout. It's troublesome on the website. The other day, Obama himself came on uh, and told people to either go in person or to call the call centers. So how is that actually rolling out with these alternative methods of getting health care under Obamacare? Really, the coverage so far has been all disaster all the time when it comes to a healthcare.gov. And so they're working to figure out what those bugs are and how to make that more accessible. It's sort of important to note that the, uh, the state-run exchanges are actually doing fairly well. And those are the states that chose to do this on their own, Kentucky, California, New York, places like that. The government-run exchanges have had lots and lots of problems. And as you suggest, and as the Business Journal is reporting on its website this week, there are these walk-in centers. And so Blue Cross Blue Shield has retail centers across the state, and they've been seeing some traffic. Not a lot. 40 to 50 people a week. Um, And they're still tied to this electronic system as well, because even if you can start this thing with paperwork, you really don't get into the system until you log into that website, even if you go to one of these walk-in locations. So what are these walk-in locations doing to make up for the difference? You know, right now they're storing information. I mean, they're doing, they're, they're waiting for the bugs to be worked out. And so if you are a consumer and you want to see what you qualify for, you want to see what your choices are, you want to see what your subsidies are. So you can get that from these walk-in centers. You can't really sign up completely for this insurance for another month or so. And it does doesn't come into effect until January. So this was all the build-up time anyway. But they need these systems working smoothly. Right now, Blue Cross and Blue Shield is welcoming all comers, and they're not very many at the moment. But they get the process started, and once this uh, electronic stuff gets worked out, all that information will be inputted. Well, there's some good news on the housing front in terms of apartment occupancy. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. You know, this number almost looks like a misprint when you read it, but the occupancy rate for rental properties across the region is 93%. I mean, that's practically full up. So if you are looking for an apartment right now, you might have a hard time finding one. And the result of that is twofold. Rents are going up steadily, and there's greater demand for construction. So we're seeing these permits being pulled right now across the triad. More than 1,000 apartments are under construction right now. And also there are permits for another 3,500 that are on the books. And then around the edges, there's a lot of talk about more apartments uh, to come. So that is a piece of this economy that's actually been working very steadily through the downturn. Um, And it's even heating up now as we are coming into a recovery. How does that compare to the standalone housing market? It's just a lot more robust. So we have a much better housing market for existing homes and and new home construction today than we did a couple years ago, but it's still lagging. And, you know, we haven't quite hit the bottom with foreclosures, um, but we do see home prices rising. We do see a lot more activity in the times of year where, where people are shopping. But it's really been interesting to see how strong and robust this apartment uh, market remains. And it has to, you have to think that, you know, there are just a lot of people that are shifting their sites away from home ownership and into rental properties, just given the iffiness of the economy. One of the things that I first heard about when I moved into this area was regionalism. And it seems like some of these things are actually coming to fruition on their own accord. So what's behind that? What's what's really pushing this kind of cooperation as opposed to thinking that the cities in the triad are all in competition with each other? Practicality. 
And, and I think a kind of aging out of this idea that we are in competition and how do we leverage the strengths that we both have. If Wake Forest was going to uh, ask for a really proven management group to run the Joel Coliseum, you don't have to look more than 30 miles away to get it. Um, it made sense to Wake Forest to do that. And the competition and that history and, and all those relations that have always been a little strained, even as we talk about regionalism, it was just swept aside because it made practical sense. In Winston-Salem, you have this great theater there with the Haynes brand that doesn't have the scheduling. It doesn't have the shows that it wants. And so it says, who can provide that? Well, you've got this great theater company with an established track record. Triad Stage is one of the more successful regional theaters in the country if you look across the board. So why would you try to recreate that when you could actually affiliate with them? So that's a practical move as well. And we'll see how this plays out. You know, will these be successful? Will the Winston-Salem community support these ideas and these developments? We'll see. But it, it, it sort of speaks well about a new kind of thinking that's happening in the triad. And that's good news. Absolutely. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Audrey.